Yo, what is going on? I'm pumped. Welcome to episode 16 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady, and this is the podcast where I chat with through hikers, peak baggers, ultra runners, and every other type of hiker that's right, every single type, about their experiences and stories from the trail. Now, this week's guest is Aaron Ibey, who hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2016 and has a bunch of other cool hikes to talk about as well. He's a professional photographer, and he talks all about how people can step up their photo game a little bit by giving some camera recommendations, and of course sharing some tips about taking better pictures just using a smartphone that you and I both have in our pockets right now. We also talk about his experience working as a ridge runner for the Appalachian Mountain Club this past summer. And make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode because he shares a crazy, crazy story about an encounter he had with a mountain lion, that's right, a mountain lion, while hiking through the 100 mile wilderness in Maine. It's a great chat all around, and Aaron, when you hear this, thank you so, so much for hitting me up and volunteering to come on the show. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to get into the episode in just a second here, but first, I got to say a couple things like usual. First thing I want to say is, honestly, I kind of dropped the ball on the audio quality a little bit on this episode. Now, you're going to hear that Aaron and I kind of had some trouble getting connected uh, throughout the episode. We drop a couple times, and that was a problem that persisted well before we actually started recording, and after we finished recording as well. Literally about three seconds after I hit stop on the recording, the call dropped again. And because of that, I didn't really take the time to kind of set up the quality the way I like it normally. Aaron had a little bit of background noise on his end, and I usually try to kind of take care of that stuff before we start recording. But because of the circumstances, I kind of wanted to just get the episode going. So that's my fault. Uh, Hopefully it won't happen again in the future. I don't think it will. So sorry about that. The second thing I want to say is I didn't get any iTunes reviews last week, and you guys know I love reading those iTunes reviews, so let's step up the review game a little bit. I want to see a couple more, please, Uh, (laughs) by the beginning of the next episode. That would be awesome. Five stars. I will read it. Everyone will love you. It'll be great. Uh, The next thing I want to say is social media, Trail Tales Pod on instagram that's the handle also the handle on twitter i'm trying to start tweeting again i gotta get back into the twitter game not that i was really ever in it to begin with but yeah go follow me on both those platforms and email everybody knows i love email i haven't gotten any emails in a little while so please send me an email if you like the show or if you don't like the show maybe you want to talk some shit i haven't gotten any shit talk anywhere i'm kind of disappointed i want to get just wrecked on the internet. I mean, that's what the internet's all about. So please send me an email, good or bad. I will really appreciate it. Trailtalespod at gmail.com is where you can go do that. I also want to say that I've officially launched the Trail Tales Patreon. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Patreon, it's basically a platform that allows you, the listener, to support the show by pledging a small amount of money per month. I'm talking like $10 or less. And in return, receive some sort of bonus content I'm going to do one Patreon-exclusive episode per month where I'll just be talking about various backpacking topics, and I'll also be posting some bloopers on there as well. I'm really excited about it. It's a great way to kind of interact with people who are really interested in the show. It's almost like you're an investor, so I'll really be taking your advice into consideration, which I do 
regardless. But yeah, I'm just really excited about it. So go check it out. It's patreon.com slash trailtales. And if you're not interested, then I totally get it. Not everybody's trying to just throw around money on the internet. Don't worry, the show will always be free. And I still appreciate you listening nonetheless. So the last thing I want to say here is a thank you to my friend Taylor Norton, who was on episode two, I believe. He kind of helped me out with the uh, audio on Aaron's end a little bit, kind of edited it a little bit better than I could have, and uh, did that for free out of the kindness of his own heart. So I appreciate that. Taylor, couldn't have done it without you. You're the best. I think I love you. All right, let's get into it. Episode number 16 of Trail Tales with Aaron Ivey, Appalachian Trail Class of 2016. Episode number 16, I'm here with Aaron Ibe, trail name Wankles, which is hilarious. We had a little bit of trouble getting connected, so I'm hoping this is working. You can still hear me, right, Aaron? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, this is a lot further than we got last yeah. time, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm going to run with it. So, like I said, episode number 16, I'm really excited to talk to Aaron today. He is a professional photographer. He is a thru-hiker. He's done the AT and a bunch of other stuff. We're going to talk all about it. But first, to start off, Aaron, I want to start the way that I like to start every single episode. I just said start like five times there in that sentence. I want to know, how did you learn about long-distance backpacking? And I understand that the AT was the first thru-hike you did. What made you decide that you wanted to do the AT in 2016? So um, I was raised camping and hiking pretty much my entire life. Since I was born, I was I was out in the woods camping with my family. And uh, during school, we every spring break we'd go to the uh, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I live in Indiana; it's the closest to the mountains I can get, which is about <laughs> seven hours away. Uh, nice. But we'd go there every spring break and uh, hike and camp and. Uh, that's how I got into backpacking. And since then, uh, I learned from the AT that there was a, a long distance trail through the Smokies. And I learned about the Appalachian Trail. And I was probably in sophomore year of high school when I met my first through hiker at Clingman's Dome. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of smelly, dirty, they were they looked homeless, not going to lie. <laughs> and uh, They probably felt homeless. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. <laughs> And uh, they asked they asked uh, my parents for a cigarette actually, and we started talking to them, and <laughs> and uh, they started telling us what they were doing, and and I was absolutely fascinated by this, and that they were hiking from all the way from Georgia to Maine, and uh, since that moment, it would it had always been like in my mind, like that's something I that's something I gotta do. That sounds incredible. That sounds like the journey of a lifetime, and. Uh, as I started talking to my family about it, I figured, found out that it was my dad's dream to do it uh, at one point. Oh, and, no uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. He, he had been fascinated and, and, you know, backpacking in the backcountry and, you know, carrying everything on your back. And uh, he just never got the chance to do it. And so senior year rolled around. Everybody was... Uh, senior year of high school? Of high school, yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, everybody was planning on, you know, what colleges they were going to go to. And um, 
I was kind of in a limbo. Uh, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I, if I wanted to go to college. And the only thing I wanted to go to college for was photography and go to art school. And um, that just didn't, it didn't, didn't settle with me well. Mm. Uh, the whole going to school to learn how to do art just never really, it sounded good on paper, but when I really thought about it, I was like, instead of spending all this money and getting myself in a huge amount of debt, why don't I actually live and breathe my photo, like taking photos for six and a half months of what I love to take photos of. And that's, you know, landscapes and, and, uh, and portraiture and, and just learning, just getting completely out of my comfort zone. Right. Right. So that's what I decided to do. Senior year, senior year, spring break, uh, I took my first ever backpacking trip and it was about a 30 mile loop in the Smokies and uh, it went completely wrong. Every, <laughs> everything, everything that could have gone bad went bad. Honestly, I feel like pretty much everybody's first backpacking trip exactly. always goes horribly wrong. Uh, back when I was like, this was probably like three years ago uh, with my girlfriend at the time, I took her on a, like just an overnight in the White Mountains and just rain thunderstorms like severe yeah. thunderstorms the entire time like unpredicted right on top of us and i was like of course it's her first time backpacking of course it's exactly. gonna happen <laughs> so i know where you're coming from there yeah it's like a, it's like a gate of passage you have your first backpacking trip is always the worst and it's kind of amazing that people like come back to it after that too yeah, honestly my yeah, first backpacking yeah. trip was also a complete disaster so yeah yeah that's that's funny <laughs> so I, I work. I was working on my senior year project for for photography. I was um, the assistant photographer for the art class, and I was also the head photographer for the yearbook. And I wanted to do a photo story, basically on backpacking. So I took a camera and brought one of my friends from high school with me, and he had no idea what he was about to get into. Neither really did I. I thought I knew what I was doing, and honestly, I had no idea. <laughs> um, so I did that 30-mile loop, and ever since then, I've been absolutely hooked on on, on backpacking, through hiking, just the whole culture in, in general. It, it fascinates me. So basically from there, I, I that's just what I found my passion in was, was photographing, you know, the through-hike culture and and people interacting with these trails and how they, uh, and telling people's stories and my story and, um, just telling people within the world, uh, uh, how great. Uh Oh, I lost you, Aaron. Ah, damn it. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. We were going so good. (laughs) Yeah. It was going super well. And then all of a sudden it just dropped out. Um, well, I guess we might as well keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, can you use that that stuff that we just oh, yeah. did? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, so I just am kind of curious. You said that after that first 30-mile trip, you kind of got hooked on it, but you also said that everything went wrong. So <laughs> what exactly went wrong on that trip there? So uh, this was springtime in the Smoky Mountains, and rain is pretty much every day there. Um, I did not bring a single piece of rain gear. Uh, I, lost I guess that'll again. do it. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> nope. I thought I lost you again for there. Yeah. So I, I didn't bring any rain gear at all. 
and I was wearing a cotton flannel, cotton t-shirt, and Dickie's work pants. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, love it. Just the classic, like, beginner, like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. Plus, uh, no toilet paper, um, <laughs> which was awful. Was that deliberate, or did you just forget to bring it? I forgot to bring it. Uh, and it was sitting right on my driver's seat when I left the trailhead. Well, at least you and... meant to bring it. I, I've heard of people before thinking that they like won't need it for some crazy reason. Like, oh, I'm just going to use leaves, I, I, which I guess you could do. Like, I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure some crazy, crazy ultra lighters like, oh, you don't need uh, fucking oh, yeah. toilet paper. But yeah. I mean, come on, you, you kind of <laughs> need toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a necessity, in my opinion. Um, yeah, brought no toilet paper. Um had like a five pound tent that I never used once uh, <laughs> had the biggest, I had like an 85 liter North face pack from like 1983 that my neighbor let me borrow. It was awful. And when it rained on us, just everything got extremely heavy. Yeah. Luckily I, luckily I kept my sleeping bag dry. That was the one thing I made sure that like <laughs> I made sure I kept that dry. That was the only thing that went right was sleeping bags stayed dry the whole time. I, I mean, I guess some other things might have gone or must have gone right too. Then, if it, if you were hooked, and obviously you decided to go back and do the full yeah. the full through hike. Luckily, we had one day that was super nice and absolutely beautiful, which uh, really helped. But the next three days were just complete shit. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you actually set off for your through hike then uh, after that first trip there? So I started off March 5th on Springer. I left the uh, Amicalola State Park the 4th, but I left super late in the day and uh, didn't quite make it to Springer. I did the approach trail, so I stayed at that shelter just before before the summit of Springer and... uh, Started March 5th and ended uh, September 21st of uh, 2016. Good shit, man. Good shit. So I know you've done a lot of other through hikes. I'm not sure if you've done anything as long as the AT, but, uh, you know, just kind of talking to you beforehand, you had mentioned that you'd you'd done some other through hikes, one of which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But uh, what are some of the other trails and through hikes you've done? Um, So 2017, I attempted the long trail um southbound uh i made it about 80 miles and uh ended up having to get off of that and i've done the foothills trail i did that in february of 2018 and um between that i've done a bunch of shorter uh loops through the sierra and uh throughout colorado as well so, do you mind if I ask you what happened on that long trail? Like, I'm just kind of curious because I'm from Vermont and I like that's kind of the long trail is like where I kind of learned to backpack. Honestly, it's yeah, like kind of yeah. what got me hooked like that. So, I'm just so, kind of yeah. My whole my entire family lineage is from Vermont. I visit there quite often, and um, I I absolutely love Vermont on my on my through hike when I did the AT. It was my favorite state personally. That's what I like to hear right there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Everybody, everybody hated Vermont. I loved it. I loved it, man. It was, it was definitely the best state on the whole trail, in my opinion. Um, Good stuff. (laughs) But, but uh, we set off. Me, uh, my good buddy Puma, and Scooter. uh, 
we set off southbound to do this um, in peak foliage season. Yep. Um, it was going to be great. And we planned on doing the long trail in two weeks, which is quite fast. Yeah, that's pretty um, aggressive for the long trail, yeah. for sure. And and my and Puma had just done over, well over half of the uh, CDT. And Scooter had done the Colorado Trail, the Oregon Coast Trail that year. And so they were in peak uh, hiking shape, right? And I had, and I hadn't really hiked anything since the <laughs> AT since I got off of it, and I I was still in pretty good shape, but I mean, not... especially that northern part of the Long Trail too is like oh it's ridiculous. God. Yeah, that's some tough it stuff for sure. Brutal. I can just imagine like trying to get out there and like keep up with two like peak shape through hikers going over that shit. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah. gonna be tough. Yeah, and I had just like switched all my gear over to way lighter gear and. It quite wasn't dialed in right, so it was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest experience. It, it was great <laughs> experience, but I also had family complications going okay, on yeah, back at home, so that kind of rendered my my whole mindset on the trail. And we also got stuck in a in that hurricane that hit in 2017 on the on the coast of uh, on the east coast. So it, it we got stuck in. Uh, Luckily, I I had family that came and picked us up that uh, got us out of the storm, but we were held up for three and a half days there. Where were you uh, held up in? What town? Um, it was just before. It was at Smuggler's Notch. So Stowe, so probably, or more. We got we got we got picked up in Stowe and went to uh, Barrie, Vermont. Which oh, is Barrie. Like, yeah, yeah. That's like more towards the center of the state. That's pretty. That's, yeah. Well, for Vermont standards, that's pretty far from Stowe. Yeah, exactly. So, and we didn't really have any place else to go. We yeah. didn't, all the ho- all the hotels were booked. Everything was too booked, bad. You so. didn't know me. I could have scooped you and exactly. brought that you into been... Burlington, but that's oh, not gonna... man. <laughs> if only. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe for future reference, I'm definitely yeah. getting back on definitely getting back on the long trail in the future. Oh, dude, for sure. I'm dying to do some trail magic now that I'm like back here. So. If that that offer goes for anybody else listening to this internet strangers if you are on the long trail and you need some trail magic in the Chittenden County Mansfield area definitely let me know so <laughs> moving on from my favorite hiking trail um we're going to talk a little bit about the foothills trail now some of you legit like hardcore listeners might have heard me say on other episodes that I'm planning on hiking this foothills trail uh, this upcoming April, that is April of 2019. When I had found out that Aaron had hiked the Foothills Trail, I was naturally pretty curious about it because it's not like a super, super well-known trail. I mean, there's resources online about it, but it's not like the AT where every single question in the world has been answered somewhere online. So I honestly have a lot of questions for him about this trail. Uh, some of it's, most of it's pretty general, honestly, but you know, I kind of want to learn and might as well get it on recording. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Foothills Trail. So first, Aaron, why don't you just go ahead and kind of just give me like the general information about your hike. You know, when did you do it? How long did it take? Uh, Just all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I did the Foothills Trail February of 2018. Um, Luckily, we had a pocket of really, really nice weather for a solid week. So uh, me and my buddy Two Souls, who I threw hiked the AT with, um, met there, and uh, we just set off, and we planned on doing it in three days. It's a 75-mile trail, and uh, it was it was a great time. 
it was a really fun trail. It wasn't extremely uh, difficult, like elevation wise. That's what I like to hear. That's good. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was super beautiful. You're just hiking along, uh, you know, wild rivers and huge rhododendron forests, and there's like literally the best campsites I've ever seen. Oh, that's that awesome! Oh, dude, yeah, you're getting me stoked. <laughs> It's it's really it's really a fun trail. Um, it's perfect for anybody that's uh, you know want to want to get get their feet wet and through hiking. And uh, it's a good it's a good starter trail, but it's also a fun trail if you just uh, want to get out and make some miles and uh, yeah and, and see some really cool stuff. So I should probably mention I, I forgot to say the Foothills Trail is in South Carolina primarily. It's if you picture the state of South Carolina. It's in it's I kind of like to picture it as like an upside down triangle. Uh, the Foothills Trail is kind of towards the upper left hand corner of that triangle, and it even dips into North Carolina a yeah, couple yeah. times, just for like a couple miles, I believe. Like it, it pretty much is, yeah. is real close to the border there. And like Aaron said, it's about seventy five, seventy six miles ish. So we were planning on doing it in five days, honestly, maybe like four and a half days. That would be that would be perfect. We had a we had a we didn't have that great of a like a time frame. He my buddy could only get so many days off, and uh, so we we were both in in decent shape, and you know making twenty twenty plus miles a day on that trail is is fairly easy. Okay, cool. Oh, th- dude, that's that's great. That's so that's actually yeah. one of the questions I was going to ask you. Uh, one of the first ones was just like how is the terrain mostly elevation i guess compared to like the southern part of the at say like yeah. i don't know like south of the smokies maybe that first like section through georgia and up through north carolina a little bit it's easier than georgia um it's 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 super nice the the elevation wise you know it's very steady low gain climbs you know and you're not really climbing that whole much um you know there's some steep sections but um it's nothing. It's nothing like the AT at all. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's really well maintained and uh, and marked, and uh, there's a few road crossings where it gets a little uh, sketchy, where you don't really know where to go. But uh, if you just look around a little bit, you'll find right. the trail again. Yeah. Right. Too bad there's not a gut hooks for it. Exactly. Come on, I, gut I, hooks, I, get on that. No, I'm, just, <laughs> they, I'm sure they've got plenty of work to do. I'm sure they, yeah, they probably yeah. will make one eventually. For oh, me. definitely. I was, I was actually, I was actually just talking to them about it. They're, uh, they're planning on doing it. I don't know exactly when it's supposed to come out, but uh, it's, it's supposedly in the work, in the works, or about to be in the works. I was gonna say, like, I feel like they probably are working on it, or at least yeah. planning on it already. Because I mean, they honestly, they're on their shit. Like they. They, I, I never really realized how many trails Gut Hooks has until Dude, I was kind of like poking around online, like after I got back from my through hike. Like I knew they had the PCT, the AT, and the Long Trail, but I didn't realize they have like all these smaller trails too. So that's super cool. Yeah. That's like my dream job, Gut Hooks. I'm a software developer. I have a computer science degree. Please hire me. I would love to work for I, you. <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually through hiked with one of the girls that uh, that works for Gut Hooks right now. Oh yeah. What, what's her name? Is it Natalie? Uh, gosh I, I could not remember her name and i'm so sorry if she's listening right now but <laughs> it was i met her in georgia and then after georgia i didn't see her again but um she was in our little trail family for just a minute oh cool she, yeah but um it was it was real cool but yeah um 
gut hooks get on the foothills trail <laughs> <laughs> sounds like they are no they're awesome i uh I interact with them quite a bit on Instagram. Like they always like repost uh-huh. my pictures and even invited me to do this like little write up called my trail story just for their blog. And Natalie, awesome. I don't even remember her last name, honestly, but she was the one that got in contact with me. So that's why I okay. asked about her, but yeah, gut hooks rules. Anyways, <laughs> back to the foothills trail. So I'm just kind of going through like my notes here. Like I just have all these like very general questions. So uh-huh. one of the other things I wanted to know is, I'm pretty sure there's only like one or two of these, but just want to make sure I'm not missing out on anything. What um guidebook and map did you guys use? Um, so we use the the guidebook that you can find on like Amazon. Is it like um, the orange one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that works pretty well. Um, I did you you really don't need to look at it that often. Um, but I like to look at it for mileage just to you know make sure where the campsites were and everything like that. It's super, super detailed, uh, and it helps you a lot. It shows you a bunch of different, you know, if you're going westbound or eastbound, or uh, it just shows you everything you need to know. Right, uh, right. So we, so we use that to just plan out our, our days of where we were going to camp, and I, I looked at it maybe three or four times throughout the whole trip okay. just, just to make sure we were at the right spot for camp and uh, – everything like that did you did you take that um oh i think it's anti-gravity gear a little pocket profile map do you know what i'm talking about uh no maybe that's maybe that's newer or something else yeah so those are really the only two resources i was able to find not that i looked like super super hard but Uh it was that guidebook you just mentioned and then this little map so i I was just kind of curious about that curious how you uh how you like that stuff the book works super well for me um it's small enough so you can just put it in your like side pocket. It's not some big bulky book. Right, it does have right. a lot of excessive excess pages that you can cut out, but um, yeah, it's, it works perfectly. For me. Cool. So you mentioned you had hiked in February. Now I know Vermont and New England like conditions pretty well, but I'm still like not super familiar with like trail conditions the further south you go. So like I said, we're planning on hiking at the end of April uh, into the beginning of May. And just I reached out to the Foothills Conference. I think it's Foothills Trail Conference. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I just asked them about the temperatures. And they said that in that time of year, it's going to be like pretty rainy and like highs. Actually, they didn't say highs. They said lows in like the 40s and 50s at night which is like fine yeah. for me, but February obviously is a little different. Can you just talk about like, I know you said you had a, a good weather window, but like what uh, conditions did you guys see uh, during February? So we had beautiful bluebird skies during the days. It was probably in the mid fifties. It maybe got up to 60 uh, one day, but um, at night we got, it got pretty cold at, 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 at night at one point. The lowest I got was I think like high 20s um, mm. just because we were we were way down by a river and we were like down in a valley and but I mean I had I had the proper gear so I mean it sucked getting up in the morning because <laughs> since it since it was February we had to make and we were doing 20 plus mile days which start were taking early, all yeah. day we had to start super early so we woke up when it was absolutely the coldest you know four or five a.m and um 
Yeah, so set it, breaking down camp in the morning was a pain. But once you started moving and getting going, it, was, it wasn't it was too bad. But yeah, we had surprisingly great weather. I couldn't ask for better weather out there. I would like to go back in the summer because there's so many good swimming spots oh. and so many good swimming holes. Um, I don't know exactly how it'll be in, in April or May, but if it's warm enough, man, definitely take a dip in those uh, oh, in those in those rivers i love to swim when i'm hiking so i definitely oh, will yeah. be hopefully we'll get some some nice weather i already booked the time off uh, of work and booked the flight and everything so i'm going regardless but Hell yeah. <laughs> you know Hell yeah. hoping for the best <laughs> on that obviously um okay so all right very very general question but i kind of want to know what were some of just your favorite parts of the trail? Like what, what are some of the things I should kind of circle in the guidebook and kind of make a note of to uh, look out for? So there's a section on the trail. I don't know exactly what mileage it is, um, but you literally walk on the banks of this like wild river and you'll see it on the trail. It like basically looks like it's going in the river, but oh, wow. that's, that's an, and you follow this river for probably five or eight miles and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, Sassafras Mountain, which is the highest peak in South Carolina. There's a camp spot um, about a mile south of the, uh, or I don't know exactly the terminology because it goes east to west. But right, right. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a mile from the from the summit, and it's a huge campsite, and it's got um, awesome campsites there. But yeah, Table Rock State Park is super awesome. If you get a chance to go up on top of Table Rock. Um, I highly recommend it. It's technically not part of the trail. I, I kind of wish it was, but um, it, there's like a side trail that goes up to it right before you get to the uh, the to the end of the trail in Table Rock State Park, which is absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, the whole the whole trail, you know, you're kind of there's not a, a whole lot of uh, vistas, you know, because you know you're at such low elevation. Um, you're kind of in that green tunnel the whole time, but it's still absolutely gorgeous. Right, right. And yeah. I don't mind the green tunnel at all, honestly. Like that's yeah. that's like I've never really hiked out west, so that's like just what I'm used to. So that's yeah, all good yeah. with me. So that's actually another question I was going to ask you is it kind of just looked like for my research that there really wasn't that many like expansive like mountain views for, per se. It was more, you know, like the rivers and just like the yeah. low elevation, like pretty yeah. scenes, I guess. Um, but it does look like on Sassafras, there's like kind of like an open-ish mountain view. Like, are there yeah. are, are there any like other notable like views like that on the trailer? Like, how many are there? Like, can you just talk about that a little bit? Like, like I said, Table Rock is really a, a really open view. It's like a huge granite rock face that you can get on top of and and, and look at. Um, you know, just the mountains around. Yeah. But I mean, besides Sassafras, that's the only really exposed open. Uh, mountain and, oh, and wow. on it, and right now they're doing construction with the uh, with the uh, the lookout tower up there. Um, it may, it, I think they said it was supposed to be done this year. It may be done before your hike, but when I did it, it was like a huge construction zone up there. Oh, really? We, so when we got up there, it was really not a whole lot to look at, except for a bunch of like it was all <laughs> fenced off, and we were like, damn, but. You could still get a, a, a little bit of a view there, which is really nice. Uh, yeah, but it's just green green tunnel the whole time, and there's you know a lot of waterfalls and a lot of uh, yeah the waterfalls. Water. That's kind of like what the guidebook 
was talking about quite a bit. Was, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the primary like scenery, I guess. I don't know. Um, I should probably ask you, what direction did you hike it? So the Foothills Trail goes east to west. It doesn't go north to south like most trail, like the AT at least. Uh, what direction did you hike it? So we went westbound. We went from Coney State Park to Table Rock yep. State Park. Okay, cool. That Yeah, that's the, that's the direction I think we're going to plan yeah. on doing it as well. Cool. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? So you already talked about this a little bit. You mentioned that campsite on top of, uh, or not on top, near Sassafras. But uh, yeah. one of the questions I had here is, are there any other, like, awesome campsites that kind of stick out in your head that we should, like, try yeah. to shoot to stay at? So that section I was talking about that you're right along the river, there's literally dozens of campsites all is that, there. Is that, um, like, pretty soon after you leave Oconee? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, we'd probably hit it on our first day, yeah? Yeah, I yeah. I think, okay, I was looking at the at the uh, map yesterday, so I think I know what section you're talking about. Yeah, I think, I want to say it's, like, just as you exit Oconee. Because once you're in Oconee, it's, like, really wide trails, you know, you, there's a lot of people out there hiking. Right, right. But once, once you leave the state park, it kind of gets back into the same grade as, like, the AT, where it's real narrow and... Yep. Um, not so heavily used but yeah that's the section that has super nice camping i would highly recommend um i don't know what your mileage is for for the trail but definitely at least take a really extensive break there and have lunch there awesome yeah hopefully yeah I, dude you're pumping me up right now i really hope the weather's dude, good oh shit yeah it's a it's it's a really nice trail that not a whole lot of people like and honestly those are the trails that i'm becoming more fascinated with so that's actually another question I was going to ask you. Um, so you, I know you hiked in February, which probably isn't the most popular time of year to hike it. But like, how many other like through hikers did you guys see? We saw zero. Zero. We saw the only people we, we the only people we saw was this dude fishing uh, in the river, and he had a huge wild rainbow trout. I have a photo of oh, it, and nice. it's like it's massive. And uh, that was the only person we saw. Yeah, we didn't see anybody else. Wow, which was which was really cool. Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit different for me. I mean, I'm sure it won't yeah, be anything yeah. compared to like the AT, but I mean, yeah. you you guys also did it pretty fast, so you were just out there for less time, obviously, less yeah. of a chance to see people. And like I said, February probably not the most popular time to hike the trail. No, so de- I'm, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing maybe at the end of April we'll see some more people. But yeah, yeah. still, I'm sure it won't be on like the ATs level at all let's see what else do i have here okay so i gotta ask the millennial question my older listeners might be rolling their eyes at this one but how was uh cell service along the trail do you remember so i have sprint i have the so absolute, probably shit then <laughs> yeah the absolute worst service you can have for trail provider like i i never have service anywhere so i didn't have great service my buddy had at&t he had great service. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's yeah. all I needed to hear right there. I yeah, had AT&T, yeah. so we're... Yeah, you're really, you're really not, like, super, super deep in the uh, in the backcountry. I mean, you're you're far away from towns, but you're not as far away as you really think. But, okay. yeah, you should you should have you should have pretty pretty good cell service. Okay, not that I'm, like, going to be on my phone the whole time. I was just kind of curious because I like to check yeah, in with, yeah. her, with my mom and stuff. She, of course, Hi, Mom, of when you hear this. I know you're going to hear this, <laughs> and then say something to me next time we talk on the phone okay um bears so all right so i'm not saying that i'm not gonna hang a bear bag 
because I always hang a bear bag. But let's say if I'm camping with somebody else who might not want to hang a bear bag one night, like, is that something that you think would be ill-advised or do you not know? Or like, have you heard any stories about bears on the Foothills Trail? Um, I would say definitely hang a bear bag on the Foothills Trail because you're in really, really low elevation. Um, so bears are, and you're going to be there just as spring is, you know, getting yeah, there. So the bears, the bears are going to be out. The bears are going to be roaming around for food. Um, I would, I would definitely do it. Um, because you're such low elevation and you're in such dense woods that they are definitely out there. Okay. Um, I mean, that's, you know, you just got to make good judgment on, on the camp spots you're at, especially when you're around rivers, you know, bears are notorious yeah. around there. So I definitely, uh, I would definitely hang a food bag. Yeah. It's, um, it's always like weird with me. Cause honestly, when I like first started like learning about backpacking on the long trail here, there's really not a bear problem here at all, so I never yeah. I never hung a bear bag. Honestly, uh-huh. the first time I ever hung a bear bag was my first night on the AT. And obviously I yeah. knew to I knew better than to not hang it then. And I hung for pretty much the entire AT. But I, yeah. I just I just wanted to ask just to just to <laughs> and see. And honestly and honestly the only time a bear's ever gotten my food is when I did hang it and that was on the AT and I quit hanging my food bag on the AT, but um yeah, definitely on the foothills trail. I would definitely, okay. hang it. I would definitely, I would definitely hang it. I will be hanging my bear bag then. Yeah. Everybody yeah. listening to this, hang your damn bear bags. Don't let people tell you not to, especially on the AT, especially on the southern portion of the AT. Yeah. Like, there's, Thank I mean, you. if you haven't heard that already by now, and you're planning on through hiking, then I don't know what the hell you're doing. But yeah, hang your damn bear bags, people. I don't, I don't want to be a bad influence. <laughs> Half the shelters on the AT have places where you can like hang your bear bags yeah. super easily. So it's like it's really not an excuse. But like once you get up to like you know upper upper Virginia, you know it gets a little those those uh, those mechanisms kind of go away. But you got to just do it manually. But it's I highly recommend it. Make a game out of it. It can be fun. Exactly. Like my exactly. My, my friend Flossie, who I'm going to be hiking with, who is episode number three's guest, by the way. He uh he loves the bear bag, dude. Like he he lives for the bear bag. <laughs> He's probably gonna give me shit when he hears this, but I know for a fact he will be hanging his bear bag, and I yeah. think I will as well. All right, let's see what else do I have here about the foothills trail. Um, I think I pretty much hit every question. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That was that was good, man. I think uh, I just learned a lot there. I appreciate you answering some of those glad. questions. I'm, I'm glad I can pass some knowledge down. Hell yeah, dude! You're getting me stoked for it too. If I haven't, <laughs> if you haven't gotten that memo already, like this sounds awesome. I'm just really yeah. hoping the weather's good, but I'm yeah. gonna send it either way. So, <laughs> let's kind of move on. First of all, I'm kind of surprised we haven't gotten dropped yet again. Like this is for real. I'm, I'm like honestly, I shouldn't have said that. I'm gonna knock on wood. There <laughs> yeah, for sure. real. I'm walking up, <laughs> doing it myself, man. <laughs> Word. So, uh, I kind of want to move on. And talk a little bit about this Ridge Runner thing. So Aaron was a Ridge Runner with the AMC uh, this past summer in 2018 on the Appalachian Trail. And we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But whenever I come across Ridge Runners when I'm hiking, I honestly kind of like pester them with a bunch of questions about their job. Because I honestly, I, I don't think I would ever want to be a Ridge Runner, but... It is like a very like unique job and especially for someone who's into hiking and backpacking, obviously. So I'm always curious to hear about it and I'm sure a lot of other people 
will be too. So can you kind of start off just by talking a little bit about like what section of the AT you were on? Yeah, so um, I was a ridge runner from the New York, Connecticut state line all the way up to um, Great Barrington, uh, Massachusetts. Oh, nice. So that's a that's a pretty decent section of trail there. Yeah, it was about it was about eighty five miles, uh, or seventy to eighty miles. I don't quite remember the exact mileage, but yeah, it was all of Connecticut and about uh, about fifteen miles into Massachusetts. And what like what time frame were you out there? Because I I wonder if we like passed each other. I don't remember seeing any ridge runners in that section, but so I, I was there. I was there pretty early. I was there from May until um, the end of July. Okay, so yeah, you were gone by the time I went through then. Yeah. That's that's cool, though. Um, what were your responsibilities exactly? So, I mean, I kind of know, like, obviously, you want to make sure people aren't, like, being dicks and not falling, yeah. leave no trace and stuff like that. Yeah. I know you might have to deal with some shit, like, actual shit. Like, what are, <laughs> yeah, what are yeah, the responsibilities yeah. for the uh, Ridge Runner position? So throughout Connecticut, um, Connecticut's probably one of the most strict states um, through hiking wise. Like when you when you're on the AT, um, you cannot stealth camp, you cannot make fires, and uh, they really really want you to use privies uh, as much as possible. So my my job one was to collect data um, from how many through hikers I saw northbound and southbound, how many day hikers I saw, how many uh, section hikers I saw, and also breaking down any stealth spots that I did come across, because, I mean, I mean, through hikers, I, I, I'll I say it, I stealth camp all the time. I prefer that oh, yeah. to, to staying around shelters. Um, so I had, to, I, had to, uh, I had to cover up stealth spots, break down fire rings, and uh, teach people about Leave No Trace, and you know, pick up trash, and, and also I was a, uh, a, I also was a wilderness first aid certified, so if anybody had any issues, um, I was there with all the, uh, the knowledge, and uh, I was prepared to have, you know, worst case scenario right. happen, I carried a massive med kit with me, and, and everything like that, so I was basically out there to just make sure, um, People weren't burning down the woods because in Connecticut, the the sector, the section of trail runs through a very, very tight corridor through Connecticut, which means it bumps right up with with private property. Yeah, yeah. Uh, within within feet off the trail, you can be in somebody's backyard, and that's why fires are are very, very not allowed. Because back in the seventies, there was an issue where. I don't know if it was necessarily through hikers, but it was a backpacker that started a fire and it burned a huge, huge oh. amount of, of land in Connecticut. And so that's when, um, that's when the, uh, the private landowners, um, really, really wanted the A, the ATC and the AMC to really do something about this. And, um, that's why there's ridge runners in this section because, you know, your, your feet within, within somebody's backyard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why there's designated camp spots, shelters, and things of that nature. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what your day-to-day looked like? So uh, that's one thing I don't really know too much about. Like, w- were you, like, 
hiking like most of the day yeah. or would you ever just like post up at one spot for like a couple days like how did that like how did you kind of how did your movements work i guess is what i'm trying to trying to say there so my work week was five days on two days off my days start out between anywhere from down to a mile a day to up to 10 miles a day and i would wake up and I would stay at a shelter or camp spot each night. I had a whole, I had my whole week planned out of where I was going to stay. Did they like tell you where they wanted you to stay, or did they kind of leave that up, leave that up to you? So there was there was three ridge runners. There was there was me, another girl, and our ridge runner coordinator, who was a ridge runner in past years, but he had kind of bumped up. So he he really wasn't out in the field as much. He was kind of our. Uh, our supervisor and made sure that he that he he made the the schedule made sure which direction we were going and what shelters and campsites we were going to stay at and um any other uh miscellaneous work we had to do so we'd get dropped off at the trailhead hike in you know maybe five miles that day camp that night you know go around the campsite clean up any trash break down any fire rings um you know, make sure the pri- make sure the privy's clean. Yeah. Uh, and uh, basically introduce yourself to everybody you saw on trail. <laughs> you probably met a lot of people this summer, then, huh? So many people. <laughs> so those five miles a day weren't that fast. Um, you know, between talking to people, clearing you know clearing trees and brush, um, breaking down fire rings, cleaning privies and shelters, what have it. It was basically working five days straight, twenty four yeah. hours a day, but I was I was only getting paid, you know, an eight hour an eight hour day, <laughs> which which was wasn't the greatest. But I mean, I was getting paid to hike, so I mean, I yeah. really couldn't complain. I really couldn't complain that much. So I know there's going to be some hiking nerd listening to this that's even more of a hiking nerd than I am, and would love to get paid to hike, like you just said. So I kind of want to know, how did you get this job? Like, what did the application process look like with the AMC? So with the AMC, I I was just browsing the internet one day, honestly. And, um, so I went on the Appalachian Mountain Club website just to see if there's any, you know, jobs or anything like that. Because I was, I was desperate to get back on on trail. Yeah. I really wanted to be, I really wanted to be back on the AT so badly. And, um, I applied for this job and within a week I got an email saying they wanted to do a video interview with me and did the video interview and, um, nailed it clearly <laughs> with, within, yeah, within the day or so I got an email saying I was, I was hired on and, um, I live in Indiana. I was stationed out in, uh, Connecticut. So I had to pick up and move and went out to Connecticut, and New England for, for three and a half months and, once, once I got out to New England, I, uh, we went up to the Whites where every single AMC employee met at a Camp Dodge, which is a AMC facility in the Whites. Yep. And, and we stayed there for a week and did extensive training from wilderness first aid, CPR, just learning the, the HR stuff with AMC, which there's a shitload. Um, basically learning about the AMC and, the history and everything about that, um, which was which was super interesting because I know a lot of people get have a bad rap about the the AMC and 
Um, the Appalachian Money Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they definitely they definitely make a good amount of money, but um, honestly, they do a ton, a ton of work for, yeah. for the trail. And and obviously, the white the whites is like more than just the AT as well. I mean, there's thousands yeah. of of miles of trails there, so yeah, someone's got to exactly. do it, right? Yeah, and honestly, it's it's basically the huts that gets the bad rap yeah, because I mean, yep. there, there's just honestly a bunch of college kids working up there, and I mean, dude, I don't... I tried, I almost I almost worked at the huts. I got an interview, which is further than most people get apparently in the uh, application process, but apparently that wasn't enough for him. So, <laughs> which is yeah, fine because after staying at one of the huts, I don't know if I would have wanted to work there anyways. But I don't know. <laughs> They're good yeah, people. That, AMC is good. That, yeah, the hut crews were 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 wild. It was uh, that's that's a whole other. I don't really. <laughs> I I met all of them, and they were a wild bunch of I know, basically dude. college kids. So I guess the last question I want to ask you about the Ridge Runner thing is this is this is like the question I like to ask all the Ridge Runners that I that I meet on the trail. What was the just like the stupidest or like most ridiculous thing you saw another hiker doing that you kind of had to like call him out for? So I saw I met this uh, met this gentleman, and uh, he was he was one of those hikers that you just look at and you're like, is he, is he through hiking? I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> and I and I started I sat down and I talked to him for for a good while, like a couple hours, and uh, he was telling me how he's through hiking. He had this massive external frame pack, wooden staffs, no tent, no oh, anything geez. really, and he was telling me how. He was about to break down his pack and make it basically one of those, you know, like when you see in the old cartoons with the like the sack around the stick that you hold over <laughs> your shoulder. He was telling me how he was going to do this and and how um, how he knew how he he would he would let me know when he did it, and I did not know what the hell that meant when he told me that. <laughs> but I was like, all right, dude, like that's cool. And uh, he didn't have any food. And I gave him some food, and I was like, "Man, I don't know what the hell you're doing out here, but good luck, brother." And uh, <laughs> and so he took off. He was he was a pretty quick hiker, but um, he took off. And the next day, I got to the campsite where he had stayed, and his whole entire pack was left at his campsite. Oh man. What a jackass! What the hell? Yeah, and I had to and I had to haul his external frame pack <laughs> for two fucking days <laughs> because so I had nowhere to I had nowhere to take it. I had to carry it because there was no road crossings I was crossing or anything where I could drop it off to like come back and pick it up. <laughs> and it was insane. And he let me know that was what he was meaning when he would let me know when. Uh, when, uh, oh, what a jerk! That. Was he like a yeah. was he like a like an actual hiker? Do you think that was just crazy, uh, or do you think he was like a homeless like hiker? I think I think he was telling me how he had just gotten out of jail and like he had started in New York. He, he I don't think he was a legitimate hiker. Yeah, that's that's yeah. You don't want to see that. Yeah. So, and I actually had met other hikers that had met him, and he had told everybody else different trail names, and he was like. He called himself something, and then I like mentioned it to uh, another hiker, and he was like, "That wasn't his trail name. What he told me yesterday." <laughs> Jesus Christ! And he kept telling people different trail names. Wouldn't let anybody know who he was. Like um, when I was out there being a ridge runner, I was also carrying a camera, so I was documenting my time out there. Right. 
And I like to take photos of hikers that I like sat down and got to know. And he was the only person that did not let me take a photo of him. Oh, really? That, that threw up a, that threw up a red flag for me. So yeah, uh, I didn't know what the hell was going on with him. But that was that was the most pain in the ass moment as we were running when I had to carry two packs with me. Yeah. For those of you listening, most people you meet, like 99.9% of the people you meet are not going to be like that. So don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. Don't let that deter you. I never met a single person like that. So Yeah, yeah. I, I had never met anybody like that on my entire through hike. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that those people are out there and they're not well educated on, you know, hiking. And, you know, they think they can just go out in the woods and live their life without rules right. and and unfortunately, there's 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 some rules in the woods that you should be following. But yeah, that was that was pretty bogus moment. <laughs> for sure, very, for sure, it was a very bogus moment. So, I guess kind of moving on from like weird out of jail people on the trails. Yeah. <laughs> is, again, is not normal. Uh, we're gonna talk about photography a little bit. So, Aaron is a professional photographer. You said that you'd had work published in. National Geographic, Backpacker Magazine, uh, what were so, like what? Where else? Like um, USA Today. Oh, dude, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so I've been fortunate enough to uh, be able to work with you know these awesome publications and get my work out there. Um, and I hands down solely thank the Appalachian Trail for uh, granting me. Oh, nice. Uh, the wonderful photos that I uh, that I captured along uh, my hikes and my time out on the trails. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, when did you kind of get into photography? Because were you into it before your AT through hike? Or yeah, that... yes. So I, I started. Uh, I started taking photos in middle school. Um, I really wasn't that great at anything growing up. Like I wasn't good at sports. I sucked. Uh, <laughs> riding my bike, I bashed my teeth out. Um, <laughs> I just, I didn't find that niche where like, I was like, damn, I'm like naturally, I feel naturally talented and confident with this. Um, and randomly I picked up a camera one day and started taking photos of some of my friends and like, it just felt super natural. Cool. And, um, and from there I was like, let's do this. And luckily at that time of my life, I was, I was doing a lot of skateboarding wasn't that great at skateboarding. So I started taking photos of my friends doing really good <laughs> skating really well. So, um, throughout middle school and high school, I just like built on that and learned and learned and learned, took all the art classes I could take for photo and did, um, did also photojournalism with, uh, the yearbook in my high school. As I said, I was the head photographer there for two years. Um, that was kind of the one reason I wanted to through hike was to document this and look at it as like one whole art piece, basically. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, then it would be a no brainer to to bring your your camera on the through hike. So what? Um, yeah. I'm not like I'm not super technical when it comes to cameras uh-huh. at all. But what like what do you usually bring as far as like your camera and other gear uh, while you're hiking? So on my AT hike. Um, I carry two cameras with me. I carry a digital, um, a digital camera and a 35 millimeter film camera. Oh, cool. Um, so throughout high school, that's basically all I shot was 35 millimeter film and hands down, that's my favorite thing to shoot with. Um, digital is cool and all it's, it's great for my commercial work, but as far as my personal work, 
35 millimeter is just, I love it. It's, it feels more of an art to me. It's, there's an excitement about not knowing exactly what you captured and yeah, then sending, really. your, sending your film in and getting it back. So I carried those two cameras with me. I carried a, a, a Fuji X100, which is the digital camera. It was a little, it was a little uh, range finder camera. And I carried a Nikon F3, which was the film camera. Okay. Um, right now, I have, I have switched it up multiple times with what I carry from an RX100, which is super popular for backpacking. I, was, I literally just bought one of those the other day. Yeah, so that's... yeah, that's a that's a fantastic camera. Um, super small and light, and it produces amazing photographs. Um, right now, what I'm carrying um, is a Sony A7R, um, which is my digital full-frame digital uh, DSLR. I also carry a film camera as well with me. Um, that varies depending on the height. I, I may carry my Nikon F3 or I may carry my uh, little Olympus point-and-shoot um, camera that I found in a thrift store, but it, it, produce, it produces awesome photos as well. Um, yeah, so it just depends on the height. If I'm trying to go super light and you know go in a little quicker, um, I may only bring a digital or a film. I'm not going to carry both. Right. Um, right. But if I'm if I'm doing a super long trail, like a long through hike, I'm definitely going to carry two cameras. And um, uh, whether that be you know film and digital or uh, all film, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. So. I, I guess kind of what we're talking about the gear there, do you have any recommendations for uh, cameras that someone like me, for instance, uh, who wants to like maybe step their photo game up a little bit, but also doesn't really have like a background in photography? Do you have any recommendations for cameras for like someone in that scenario kind of that uh, specific for, for hiking and backpacking, I should say? Like I said, the, the Sony RX100 is fantastic camera i killed yeah, it then yeah. let's go yeah. Kyle Smart. <laughs> you did a really really great job on that one um <laughs> oh, thank you dude thank you yeah. so much <laughs> i i love that camera um it, it was it was a great camera for me and also another one is the is the fuji x100 um it's a little bigger but it's uh it's got a fixed lens which means there's no there's no it's it's one one lens on it you can't zoom in or zoom out which uh kind of makes you get a, a little bit more creative and focus more on co- on yeah. composition and um moving your feet more than just you know zooming in and out of the subject actually getting up close and personal with whether that's taking a portrait of somebody or getting close to uh, a deer or a, a bird or something who knows cool man so I'm sorry, I don't mean to like skip over the photography too much because honestly, we're kind of getting short on time here. But so like my last question on this subject is, do you have any just like general tips for hikers who are just using their phones to take better pictures while they're on um, the trail? Definitely keep an eye out on the light. You know, the light is, is really, really flattering in the morning, early morning and around sunset. Keep an eye out on lights. You know, the lighting and, you know, in photography, light is always your subject type deal. So so mm. definitely make sure you're looking at the light. Um, also, make sure when you're using your phone, you can also choose where you want to focus by tapping. And then you can adjust the, uh, the exposure or the brightness or darkness of the photo. Um, so, yeah. you know, if you're trying to take a photo of a 
let's say a sign or something, you can point your camera at it, tap where the sign is, and then like scroll up and down to adjust the uh, the exposure. Also, play around with some things. You know, work with panoramic to uh, going vertical to horizontal to um, you know you know putting some filters on it. You know, I know on iPhones you can make it black and white or dramatic or anything like that. Um, so just keep an eye out on the light and composition is key. It doesn't matter what camera you have. Try not to put your subject right dead stop in the, the middle of the photo. Maybe put it to the right or to the left or um, kind of off-centered a little bit. Uh, it's kind of the rule of thirds is what it's called. So if you split up the frame in thirds horizontally and vertically, there's like the cross points of where those lines would meet. That's that's the sweet spot of where you would like to, to put yeah. your subject. So that's that's some some basic things that's great i think there's some really good advice there and i'm definitely trying to step up my insta game a little bit that's why i bought that rx yeah, that'll definitely help you maybe make some youtube videos too maybe i don't know i don't have any experience with photography or filmmaking yeah. so but I, I didn't have any experience podcasting you just gotta start doing it so. that's the that's the hardest part is just doing it step out of your comfort zone that's what through hiking is all about is getting out of your comfort zone oh yeah so you're going to be out of that comfort zone for a long, yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might as well make it your best friend. So, uh, dude, these these episodes always go by <laughs> so fast. Yeah, this um, is going by really quick. So, last thing I want to get to, favorite part of the show, story time, time to tell some trail tales. So I know I, I gave you a little heads yeah, up yeah. about this, Aaron. So let's see what you got. What do you have for um, me? So <laughs> this happened in the... Uh... This happened in the hundred mile wilderness on my on my through hike. We had made it to Millen not Millinocky, that's we made it to Monson. We were at the we were at Shaw's hostel. Um yep. just getting ready to, you know, hit the hundred mile wilderness. And that was the last time I really had phone service. So I, I had to make sure I had my ducks in a row, you know, I had to make sure I had my flight booked, had to make sure uh, I knew what the hell I was gonna do once I made it to once I made it to Baxter and how to get out of there so my ass uh, booked my flight four days prior so I had four days to get through the 100 mile wilderness which was cool and not cool at the same time Um, it was was awesome because I had to push myself super hard and do you know 20 plus miles a day through the 100 mile wilderness and uh, hiking well into the night and we had to do a lot of night hiking. So it was it was the second night in the 100-mile wilderness. We had just got done eating. Fuck! Oh, what? oh. You, you oh, cut shit. out for a second. I, I thought okay. I lost you. Okay, can you hear me? I thought do I, I need to start over? over? Where, did, where was the last thing you heard? Oh, uh, dude. It was just like a second. Like, okay, okay, okay. okay. Anyway, it was... It was, <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> it was the last, like, uh, three mountains before you... Uh, you left the hundred mile wilderness and got to a ball bridge. So it was just getting dark. We started going up the first, the first climb and we started coming down. And, uh, my buddy, my buddy water boy was, a was probably 10, 15 minutes in front of me. Um, another girl we were hiking with Pocahontas was probably another 15 minutes behind me. So we were all kind of alone night hiking, which was super, super eerie. Um, yeah. especially in the hundred mile wilderness, it was, dark as shit couldn't see anything (laughs) and uh we get down to like this little opening in this valley where there's like grass about 
uh, about waist high. And I see Waterboy running back southbound to me. And I'm like, what the, what the hell is going on? You're going the, I was like, you're going the wrong way, jackass. And uh, he was like, dude, he was like, dude, a bear or something just ran right in front of me, scared the shit out of me. I don't want to be out. Oh, and we were geez. like, okay, okay. We've seen some bears before. Let's all get together, make a lot of noise, you know, throw some shit at it. Maybe it'll go away. Yeah. We cross this bend and we see the eyes of this animal and, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen bears' eyes in, at night, but when they reflect, they're almost like big marbles. These eyes were not big marbles. They were about the height of a bear. It looked right, but they were kind of squinty and kind of, uh, kind of, oh, kind geez. of uh, ovally shaped. And uh, we didn't know what the hell it was. It, we were yelling, banging our tricking poles together, throwing rocks at it. The thing did not move a bit, and we were like, "What oh, the wow. fuck is this thing?" We kept making a bunch of noise, blowing my whistle on my pack. We started moving a little closer to it, and it finally kind of made made a move to the to the right of us. And I got that side pro- profile shot of it, and uh, my and our headlight shined on it. It was a fucking mountain lion in Maine. Yeah, there's very very few in Maine, but there there are a few. And this was the one mountain lion that was fucking in in the 100 mile wilderness and we had just stepped on upon it and it was fucking just looking straight at us it was maybe 50 yards in front of us just and you, dead. you have the photo of this we had no photos I, there's no proof but i, I oh I, oh I, okay i thought you meant when you uh, yeah yeah okay i gotcha no, i thought no, you no, no, snapped a shot when i i wish i wish i had a photo of this but um, <laughs> there's there's no photographic proof but there was three people there including myself that that saw this and uh, we we were fucking stopped in our tracks. We didn't know what to do. This thing was not moving, and it was right where the trail was passing by. Um, so we sat there for another 20 minutes, sh- hollering at it, throwing stuff at it, and it finally kind of veered down down the mountain and kind of got out of sight. So we were like, okay, we need to go. We need to stay together, put a bunch of lights on, make a bunch of noise, keep talking, constantly look behind us. And just like keep alert. So we're walking. Within 10 minutes, we happen to look over to our left and literally maybe 10 yards into the woods, that fucking cat is still in the woods looking at us. It was following you. This thing was following us, wondering what the hell we were doing. Are you, Aaron? Are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't like a bobcat or anything like that? I know what a bobcat is. It, It was much, much bigger. Wow. And I've talked to I've talked to the, the the AMC people that are in Maine, and they've they've told me that they've seen a, a quite a few uh, mountain lions in the hundred mile wilderness. It's extremely rare, but um, it does happen. And yeah, we saw an even better better side of it when it was up there, uh, kind of stalking us. And luckily, I remember this mountain. We had to go over White Top, which is yep. a su- super bald, exposed ridge line. And when we got up there at night, the wind was blowing maybe 50, 60 miles an hour. And that was the only reason that cat quit, quit following us is because we went over that mountain. But that was probably the most terrifying um, experience on trail. And that was like one of the, that was close to like the last night on the AT. And, um, yeah, you're so close at that point. Dude, yeah, it was, it was pretty eerie. Um, it was insane. <laughs> yeah, that was. Dude, that's. 
That's nuts. I didn't even. I was under the impression that mountain lions were extinct in Maine or all of the. No, no. There's a, there's a very 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 small population in in uh, in the hundred mile wilderness. I mean, that's the perfect spot for them to be in. You know. That's insane. Um, yeah, it was it was it was very very eerie because I didn't even believe it when I first fucking saw the thing. I was like, oh, this thing's like a bobcat or yeah. some type of wild, some type of like cat or whatever the fuck it was i didn't even know but when i saw that like long tail that it has and that signature like profile look they have it was it was eerie as shit um, yeah it's yeah, yeah. It, it's it's i'm i just so i just googled it right now uh bobcats and uh-huh. or bobcats uh mountain lions in maine and it's possible that it's not even like a native animal it's possible yeah. that it was it, it just migrated so i'm looking at an yeah. article right now and in Connecticut in 2011, there was a cougar killed on a road that had migrated all the way from South Dakota. Yeah. So. It can sometimes end up in Maine. Yeah, it's 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 probably not a native animal. For those of you, because I'm, I'm sure someone's going to call bullshit <laughs> listening to this. Oh, it's it's I've, probably I've not a. People, I've had people call bullshit multiple times. And <laughs> you had to be there. I understand. There's no photos <laughs> or anything. You can call bullshit all you want, but I was there. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, it yeah. must have it must have migrated over from, yeah, from it was something like that too. Somewhere, that's, that's but nuts. it was it was super strange and, and, and very uh, eerie. But yeah, I would be perfectly fine not ever seeing a mountain lion Dude. while I'm hiking. <laughs> yeah, just like that article about the guy on the Colorado trail that had to choke out. Oh that mountain yeah, lion. dude, what the? That's crazy. That that dude right? fucking killed that thing. That <laughs> With is his nuts. bare hands. <laughs> that, that's that's badass, dude. That is dude. the definition of badass right there. I want to get this guy on the show. Line. I don't even care. If... <laughs> For real. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Aaron, dude, that was awesome. I think hey, we're going to try to wrap it up here. Uh, so thank Sounds you good, so, man. so much for taking the time. Real quick, before we sign off, where can people go to look at some of your photos and connect with you on social media? So you can find me on uh, on Instagram at ibprofen. Spelled like my last name and then P R O F I N. I see what you did there. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where you can find uh, all my photos. I post there quite often. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Aaron Ivy. Um, don't really have Twitter. I don't have anything else. I just have Instagram and Facebook. But that's where you can find me. And uh, you can also buy my prints. In the link in my uh, bio on my Instagram. I'll, uh, I'll throw a link to that in the show notes as well for those of you who are I appreciate interested. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, dude. I think we're going to – don't don't hang up yet, but I think we're going to end the episode here. So to everybody listening, thank you very, very much. Enjoy the rest of your drive or your work or your laundry folding or your lawn mowing or your treadmill run in the morning. Where, where do you usually listen to podcasts, Aaron? typically in the car when i'm driving to work that's my that's my favorite okay place yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to add to the yeah. list but the problem is there's only so yeah. many places you can listen to <laughs> or park. or when you're or when you're through hiking you can listen oh to yeah a podcast you're hiking you're that's hiking. so true honestly yeah. i said that one the other day listen but i forgot this time hiking podcast hiking, yeah. <laughs> that's a big one for sure yeah so anyways aaron thank you so much and thank you to everybody listening uh yeah peace out Thank you so much, man. I appreciate the uh, opportunity for letting me come out here and talk about my, my adventure.